Oh, hiya, pal. Welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast with Matt and Matt. If you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. Welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast with Matt and Matt. What is the Sack Lunch Podcast, you might ask? That is a very fair question to ask. Uh, This is a weekly podcast uh, about the Sacramento Kings, all things Sacramento Kings. And our goal is for the podcast to feature weekly game analysis, game previews, uh, news and notes of what's going on around the NBA, and sprinkling in some fantasy basketball advice, Uh, And then just some other impressions, parody songs, and just general shenanigans. Uh, I am Matt Dimiteris, and I represent exactly 50.0% of the hosts of this podcast. The other half is sitting right across from me and also happens to be named Matt. Matt Smith, what's going on? What's happening, everybody? So, like I said, this is a Sacramento Kings podcast. So, Matt, why a Kings podcast? What... We're, we're a couple of lifelong Kings fans, right? So let's start out with a quick intro. Yeah. Um, little, little hot seat. How long have you been a fan of the Kings? What is your favorite Kings memory? Okay. And who is your all-time favorite Kings player? All right, I'll go first. Um, shoot, I've been alive for 31 years, which makes me a Kings fan for 31 years. I grew up going to games with my dad. Um, I don't know, he had a TV business, and he actually did some business for some Kings players, um, and so he was able to get some seats um, that way, and so we always went to at least one or two games a year um, in the in the 90s is when I started going uh, at old Arco. He used to watch guys like uh, Walt Williams with the, with the high socks, and um, favorite Kings player, probably Mitch Richmond. Um, he was, he was our best player by you can't far. can't go wrong with him. Yeah. Like, I um, feel like he was everybody's favorite back then because he was the only good player on the team. Yeah, and, and we had a lot of bad players too. But, um, but yeah, he was good. He had that commercial. I don't know if you remember the, uh, with, for the, with the Chevy. Oh, Chevy the car truck. commercial. Like That's a right. rock. Oh, like a rock. I do remember yeah. that because he was the rock. The rock. Was Mitch yeah. Solid, like a steady, I like rem- a rock. I had forgotten about that commercial, but I'm glad you reminded me of it. Yeah, so Mitch was the man. And then... Uh, Third question, my favorite Kings memory, probably the Mike Bibby shot, game five at home versus the uh, the Lakers in that series that we got robbed. That was a clutch shot, but I hate thinking about that series. Yeah, I'm still pretty uh, pretty mad about that you one. You think Kings fans will ever let that one go? Not until we win a championship. Not until, and even then, like, it'll be like, we should have two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'll ever completely let it go. No. Um, cool. Uh. So... I've been a Kings fan about the same amount of time, a little bit older, but uh, moved to the Sacramento area in 1990, um, which puts me at close to 30 years as a Kings fan. And um, I just remember watching games on TV because I just looked for anything sports, and the Kings were on TV a lot. I did not grow up going to games with my dad, which is why the one time I did is my favorite Kings memory. So there was a time when I was maybe, I don't know, 14 or 15 when he took me to a game and I got this like Jason Williams souvenir basketball. Uh, My family wasn't big into the NBA. They liked uh, baseball and football, but weren't big into basketball. So uh, my favorite player as a kid was Mitch Richmond. And then um, as I got into high school, it was Jason Williams. I just loved watching Jason Williams. 
white chocolate. Yeah. He was just so much fun to watch. Just the energy and the moves. It just made you want to like go outside and practice the moves, which is kind of what I did. So in addition to clipping out articles of him and collecting his cards, I... I read something that said that he practiced with, like, work gloves. Okay. So, like, the, the gardening gloves, the thick ones that you would use to, like, pull weeds and yeah. stuff, you know? So he would practice like with moms, these. Yeah. yeah, yeah, your mom's, right. And I had, like, purple, which would have been good for the kings. But So I'm practicing dribbling with these gloves, and you dribble with them on for a period of time and then off for a period of time and the idea is that it makes it kind of bulky and clumsy while the gloves are on then you take them off and the ball like sticks to your hand right and you know i probably my dribbling probably wasn't any better but it felt in my head like i was just immensely better once i took the gloves off moment of truth i did the exact same thing as a kid really yeah and it works it does you did it too yeah See, and I wouldn't be... It's like when you. It's like if you're playing baseball and you want to make the bat feel lighter, you put some donuts on the bat now, and did you, you swing it. Right. And then you take them off yeah. and it's like, wow, I can swing the this thing like The logic is sound. Thing. My question is, did you do it because of Jason Williams though or just because you thought it would help you dribble better? I don't remember, but I'm pretty... It had to have been because of Jason Williams. I wouldn't have come up I with mean, that idea on my own. I don't know if he invented the idea, but it seems like a lot of young Kings fans were probably yeah. doing that once they found out because they're like, I want to be they're like Jay Will. Yeah, yeah. it was probably written in the in the Sack B sports section or something. I think that's where I read it, yeah, because yeah. I used to read the, the Sack B sports page every day. That's hilarious. So. Cool. So that's, uh, that's a little bit about our Kings background and why we chose to do a Kings podcast. So... Um, without further ado, we're just going to jump into a little off-season stuff. Matt, you think we should talk some NBA moves, news, and notes? Let's do it. All right, so let's do a little who's doing what. Wait, what? News? All right, Matt, so who's doing what? Let's... Uh, I want to mostly focus on the Kings here. I will briefly mention there were some pretty, it was a pretty eventful offseason. Very eventful, yeah. Yeah, there were some pretty big moves, the the highlights of which were you had uh, Anthony Davis joining LeBron down in L.A. Boo. Yeah. Uh, you had Kawhi and Paul George going to L.A. as well to the Clippers. That was okay. Yeah. At least Kawhi didn't go to the Lakers. That would have been awful. I mean, that would have just been the Miami Heat situation from a few few years ago all over again. Right. Um, you had Butler to the Heat. You know, you had the Westbrook move and the corresponding Chris Paul move, et cetera. So yeah. there was definitely some big moves. But let's talk about, you know, the Kings didn't make any big flashy moves, but I feel like they filled some needs. So let's jump into that. Out of the moves that the Kings made this offseason, which is your favorite and why? Um, well, I mean, there's the obvious one of Harrison Barnes, uh, signing, a, we locked him up with a four year deal, 85 million, which is, uh, some people kind of raise an eyebrow at that one because, you know, Harrison Barnes might not be a, a top tier player, but, and so they think maybe we paid him too much, but I like it because small forward was definitely a spot that we we had a huge hole and we've had a hole for years yeah and so it's like it's good to just get that filled he's a good I guy mean, since Peja, have we really had a solid small forward well we had ron our test our test but yeah. that was like a, he's he was kind a, of a he was kind of a hybrid too almost small forward power forward yeah. hybrid and yeah he was a rental crazy so. person yeah um yeah <laughs> uh dwayne deadman I, I really like. I um, love the Deadman move. I don't want to bash on Willie Cauley Stein. I but do. Just, <laughs> just the fact that he's not 
around anymore and, and we can replace him with uh, somebody who can shoot a little bit, I, I think is a plus. We got him for a good price, three years, 40 million bucks. Um, three point percentage, 38.2% last year, leading the league for centers. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be nice for him to be able to stretch the floor, maybe give Bagley some room to work. Right. His free throw percentage is 81%. He can shoot. Yeah, he's efficient. And and I do like Willie Cauley-Stein. He has a lot of raw athletic ability, and I wish him the best in his future endeavors. But to me, there's just no doubt that this is a big upgrade, especially efficiency-wise when you talk about shooting, when you talk mm -hmm. about making smart decisions with the ball in key situations. To me, even though he's not a superstar, Deadman just feels like a big upgrade because he's not as much of a liability. Yeah, and we don't need him to be a superstar. I mean, that's what we have Fox, Buddy, and 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 Bagley for. Right. You know? um, so if he could just be out there and not do something just stupid and, minimize and make a free throw. Minimize mistakes, yeah. yeah just yeah. be efficient. I am a little concerned about his games played. Um, he, he seems to be a little bit injury prone. Last year he played 64 out of the 82 um, due to a season-ending ankle injury. Yeah, um, I noticed that he's only played over 70 games one time in his career, and that was in 2016 with San Antonio. He played 76, so a little bit of a concern there with the injuries. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he can stay on the court. I really like um, what, what he brings to the table, though. Yeah. How about Corey Joseph? I like, I like him. I like that move. I feel like we needed an efficient point guard to run the second offense, to come in behind Fox, to be smart with the ball. And he plays defense, too. That's yeah, what I like. that's what he's known for. And he can shoot a little bit, but he didn't really have to shoot a little bit. He just, you know, uh, Yogi Ferrell was a great backup last year, but he was lacking a little bit on the defensive side. I feel like he got bullied a little bit. He's so small. Um, and, and I love that Yogi's still on the team to be a, a backup to a backup spark plug, maybe. Um, but Joseph is nice. He has a high assistant to the backup. Maybe? Yeah, right. Okay. He has a high three point percentage, does a little bit of everything. 3.4 rebounds, 3.9 assists. And this is in a backup role with Indiana for the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. In about what, 25 minutes a game, it looks mm -hmm. like, uh, 27, two years ago. And his numbers are fairly consistent. He's, you know, he's only going to score seven, eight a game, but he's not really known for scoring. He's just known for minimizing mistakes um, and playing defense, and he's consistent. He played 82 games the last two years in a row, so we know he's going to be out on the court. Veteran presence. He won a championship with the Spurs. Anyone who played for the Spurs can play for my team. Yeah. Deadman played for the Spurs, come too. Come join us. Yeah. 82 games for, for Joseph. You may have said that, but mm -hmm. um, he's durable. Yeah. yeah, durability for sure. Speaking of defense, what do you think about Trevor Ariza? Well, um, he's not as young as he used to be. I mean, none of us are, but... Um, <laughs> Two years, $25 million. I think he's still got something left in the tank. Um, he might not be as elite of a defender as he used to be, but, I mean, he's, he's going to be better than what we had last year. I mean, we had Justin Jackson out there. Um, who He's not terrible, but there would be times where I look at the stat sheet and go, what, what was Jackson doing? He played 25 minutes and got he a just rebound. He kind of there. Yeah. By the way, astute wisdom from Matthew Smith. Can I get that on a t-shirt? None of us are as young as we used to be. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I, I love what Ariza brings to the table shooting-wise as well, because you know Bogey can obviously shoot off the bench a little bit, but I feel like one thing we lacked last year in what ended up being a pretty solid season, but somewhat of a disappointment based on our overall potential, is the ability to make free throws and to make shots in key situations. Right. And he's you know, a little bit of a sharpshooter and has the veteran presence to, I think, knock down some of those shots when we need to hit one. Yeah. 
I agree. Um, Rashawn Holmes is another guy we got. Two years, $10 million. Nice price. Um, what position does Holmes play? He's a big man. Yeah, right? he play, he could play uh, you know, either power forward or center. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of like a Montrez Harrell light uh, or a okay. poor man's Montrez. If you will. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, I just remember every time we played him, I mean, last year he was on the Suns. Um, when we played the Suns, he would just abuse Willie Cauley-Stein. And so, I mean, if we have that guy on our team now, that seems cool. Um, and he, I don't know if he's going to play a lot of minutes for us, but um, one thing I've noticed, I mean, last year he played an average of 16.9 minutes, got eight points in those 16 minutes, four rebounds, uh, an assist and a steal per game and a block, 73% free throw shooting. Yeah, if um, anything, I solid. just think he adds some nice depth to our front court. Yeah, and once again, not a flashy pickup, um, but for the Kings, I think it's a good get. Yeah, yeah. De- depth and filling needs is what we were doing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it's probably better than, I mean, the, that role was played by Costa Kufis last year, which, I mean, Costa, great guy. I like his YouTube page. He's pretty funny. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what Should was, he stick to YouTube? He, he, he might, yeah. I mean, I, I was at a game last year, Kings versus Pelicans. Great game. Costa was at the free throw line, and he aired a free throw a foot to the right of the rim. Mm. It cl- yeah, I mean, I just felt bad for him. Ouch. And that was the first one that he shot, and so he still had to shoot a second one. At that point, you're just trying to hit rim. You're just trying to he did, but, I mean, he escape did, yeah. humiliation at that point. Yeah. yeah. Jack-in-the-box tacos for everybody. Right. Um, but not, <laughs> they don't, I wish they would do it for the home team. We would have had tacos every night. Yeah, uh, <laughs> unlimited tacos. <laughs> So overall, I, I like the move. So let's let's sum it up. Let's wrap this up real quick. Kay. How, if you were to grade the Kings mm-hmm. overall, you know, you're you're the professor. You're grading the Kings on their off-season moves. Um, what would you give them, and why? I'd probably give them a solid B. Um, the only thing keeping it from being an A would be that we didn't, you know, get. I mean, there was a lot of top-tier guys that we could have got. You know, that, I mean, Al Horford. That would have been nice. Um, I mean, he's a little old, but I a mean, little of pricey course, for his age. Of course, there's you know the Kawhis and, and everybody out there like that. Um, we didn't get, you know, uh, we didn't get an All Star, um, which what I think would have made that like an A. Um, but for us, uh, a solid B. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on the Kings and, and what they did, but I, I think that they, for what you know. Sacramento normally can get and what we got I think we we did good yeah I agree I'm right there with you I'd say maybe a B minus to a B um, I, I really like the moves as well nothing flashy nothing big but for not having a first round pick for not having the market to lure in um, you know a superstar free agent yeah I really feel like we did a nice job filling some needs bringing in some durable guys and some guys that can do uh, a lot of different things, hit some shots, play some defense. And overall, the important thing is, does it make the team better? I say absolutely yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we're set up right now to improve uh, on an already uh, impressive season that we had last year where we exceeded expectations by, by quite a bit last year. Oh, we had year. 39 wins. What's interesting, though, is Vegas only has us winning 37 games this year. See, I, are they underestimating us once again? Because what did they have us at last year? 24 wins for the Kings last year? Wow, I mean, yeah. 15 over. I mean, should have got some of that action wish last I year. Took taken the over on that. Yeah. Jeez. This season, they've got the Kings. The, the, the official over-under in Vegas is 37 and a half wins. Okay. Matt, you've taken the over or the under on 37 and a half, and what's your win total for the Kings this year? Come on, Vegas. 
37.5. That's disrespectful, it's Matt. Disrespect from Vegas. Disrespect. Uh, I'm taking the over. I'm going to hammer the over. Um, last year we got 39. I think we could have got 42 if we would have played harder at, at the least. end. Um, Bagley was hurt for like 20 games uh, last year. And I think if he makes a second-year jump, similar to how Fox made that second-year jump last year, we should get 45, I think. Not to mention the inability to finish big games last year, too. There were so many games last year where I just feel like the Kings were either in it or in the driver's seat and didn't end up with the win. That was frustrating. Yeah, I was frustrated on multiple occasions. I I vaguely recall that. (laughs) Uh, 45, that's my number. 45 wins. I think that's um, realistic, and um, who knows? Um, maybe even better. Wait, do you think that's enough to get us in the playoffs? I was taking a look at this, the Western Conference standings from last year. Yeah. Uh, the Spurs and Clippers were the final seeds to get into the playoffs. They tied mm-hmm. at 48 wins, and then you had the Thunder at 49. The Jazz did hit 50 at the 5 seed, but 48 were the last two seeds in the playoffs. So do you think you think 45 gets the Kings in the playoffs? I mean, obviously every year is different. Yeah, I mean, the West got more difficult, but at the same time, I mean, everybody's going to be beaten up on each other. Um and it's not like every team's going to have 60 wins. That would be impossible. Right. Right. So 45 could make it. I mean, and you're you going to see the... teams like the Spurs fall out, but you might see, obviously you're going to see the Lakers jump way up from 10. Yeah. The Lakers will be in the, the thunder. I could see, I could see falling, them falling out. They might mm-hmm. just blow it all up and try and trade Chris Paul or something before it's all over. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I hope it's enough, but I mean, gut feeling 45, probably not. I'm right there with you. Um, I'm I'm thinking mid 40s wins as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as far as I mean, the Kings were 39 last year in the nine seed, but they finished nine games back of the eight seed. So while they were the nine seed, their win total was not nearly sufficient to get them into the playoffs last year. Right. So I, yeah, 45. Now let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Do you think that based on the improvements that the Kings made this off season, that 50 wins is possible. And when I say that, I don't mean likely. I just mean within the general realm of, you know, maybe possible outcomes. Okay. All right, Kings fans, don't look at me like a crazy person. But yeah, I do. You think so? I I do. Yeah. I mean, I said 45 just to not sound ridiculous or, or like a homer or something. But in the back of my mind, I think 50 is attainable. Okay. Well, well, there you have it. Matt Smith just guaranteed 50 wins for the Sacramento Kings this season. Come on, bro. There you, have it. You, heard it, you heard it here first. All right. Well, um, to wrap up the, the episode, uh, we have kind of a unique ending for you. Um, we have a parody song written by our very own Matt Smith uh, called Sacktown Road. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here is Sacktown Road. Sack Lunch Podcast Original And as always, Go Kings! Yeah, I'm gonna take light rail to the G1C I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take light rail to the G1C I'm gonna ride till I can't no more Ooh, I'm so glad the squad is back yeah. Fox is super fast 
Bogey finna mash, Bagley's pretty good at rap Barnes and Corey Joseph, ha, Edmund is a force I've been watching Buddy, he's been in the gym of course now And he ain't missing nothing No, he ain't missing nothing Buddy ain't missing nothing No, he ain't missing nothing Giles is a factor when he's hitting cutters If he can't stay healthy who he gon' be buttered? Lottie D and Paja preaching on that culture. If you ain't about it, now you on the warrior. When he ain't missing nothing, no he ain't missing nothing. But it ain't missing nothing, no he ain't missing nothing. I'm gonna take life well to the G1C. I'm gonna ride till I can't no Sacktown Road, a parody. There it is. By our very own Matt Smith. <laughs> Matt, that was awesome. Nicely done. Thank you, Matt. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of fun doing those. Um, more to come. Already working on another one. So all season long, we're going to be hitting you with some with some action like that. So I love it. Meanwhile, that's going to be stuck in my head for the next three days. So <laughs> solid. So we're going to post the link, the SoundCloud link to that on mm-hmm. Twitter. Matt, where can people find us on Twitter? Twitter is at Sack Lunch Podcast. That is Sack, S-A-C, like Sacramento, Sack Lunch Podcast. Well, there you have it. So please follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you might be using. And that's pretty much all we have for you this time. Until next time, I'm Matt, he's Matt, and this is the Sack Lunch Podcast. Podcast.